At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey, welcome everyone to the From the Shadows podcast. I'm your host, Shane Grove. And uh, listeners to the next episode will get a real treat. Not that today's episode is not going to be a treat, but I know for a fact that Jason, the super producer, will be making a triumphant return to the uh, to the show. Um, he probably would have been on uh, this episode, except that uh, he couldn't, uh, the timing didn't work out. So... He's uh, he's coming back, so uh, be be prepared for uh, for Jason, the super producer. I know I've been getting messages and and uh, emails and stuff that uh, people uh, people are still worried about him. But yes, I actually saw laid eyes on him yesterday. He is alive and well, and uh, actually doing pretty good. So. Uh, and he's anxious to get back. So, uh, but with that, I just want to remind everybody that uh, if you do do want to get a hold of us because uh, you want to get a story you want to share or sighting um, that you want to tell me about, you can find us on Facebook at fromtheshadowspodcast.com or on our uh, discussion group, the uh, After the Shadows uh, on Facebook. You can find me. Shane Grove author on Instagram or our from the shadows podcast, Instagram page, or just go to the website from the shadows podcast.com and hit the contact button and send us an email. Uh, I would love to um, love to hear stories from all of our listeners. Um, and in fact, the gentleman that I am uh, going to bring on here in just a few seconds is someone that, uh, that I think, uh, I think we found through Instagram too. I, I, our social media girl, Nita likes to throw up there, ask if anybody has any experiences. And I think this gentleman raised his hand. Not like, I don't want to say like Horshack and welcome back Cotter because some people might not get that reference. And I don't, and I don't think he's quite as annoying as Horshack is, but, uh, <laughs> but with that, I want to bring, I want to welcome John to the show. John, welcome to the from the shadows podcast. Thanks for having me, Shane. Hey, I, I I know we've been uh, I know we've been trying to coordinate this for a while, and uh, a lot of extenuating circumstances <laughs> that yeah. uh, have gone into it. But um, I'm glad you're here because I'm 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 anxious to uh, to hear what sounds like a lifetime of experiences that you've had. Yeah, yeah, I've. 
I don't I don't know if I'm lucky or not. It's just yeah, I just I don't know. Um, yeah, it just happens, you know, and I don't go out, you know, trying to find them. It, it just happens. Well, some people would say you're extremely lucky. Um, yeah, you know, and, de- and depending on now, since I haven't heard in great detail any of these stories, I will determine later which, if you're unlucky. Because yeah, if some of yeah. some of these experiences yeah. uh, turn out to be a little uh, uh, hairy, uh, no pun intended. If they turn out to be a little hairy, I, maybe you're unlucky rather yeah. than lucky. I don't know. So so tell us so tell us you know let's just get into it. Tell us about um, your experiences and how old you were and where you were and 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 what happened. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, so the first one, I was 12 years old, and at the time I lived in. Um, in Utah. So I lived in Cache Valley, Utah, lived in a town called Hyde Park. And this one Saturday, me and my friend Jimmy um, went to the Smithville Golf Course. It's a town over. And we were doing, so it was our, it was late spring. So, I mean, there was still snow on the ground, but it was melting. And we went to find golf balls because back then you could sell golf balls back to the golf course, you know, for like 25 cents each. And so we would do that for extra money, you know, just to spend. And so me and Jimmy went out there one one Saturday and we walked down this gully. And in this gully, in between these two gullies, there's a golf cart path. And we come down it towards the golf cart path. And I look ahead of us and I see a dead deer, a doe, um, in the middle of the path. And I'm like, well, that, well, you know, not like in the middle, but kind of on the side of the path. But it was, it was, it was a dead deer, and you know, and that's normal around Utah that time of year. You know, I mean, if they had a hard winter and stuff like that, or dogs got them or something. But I walked up to it, and it looked like it was fresh. I mean, it didn't look like it was frozen. It didn't look like it was eaten on at all. And the neck was snapped back in a weird way. And so I turned around to Jimmy, and told told him to come here and look at it. And when I turned around, what I didn't notice, there were some bushes right behind me. And when I turned around, I looked at Jimmy and he, his face just dropped. His, his mouth dropped open. His eyes got big. He turned white. He turned around and ran away, away just yelling, screaming from the way we came. And I was like, what is going on? And so I, I chased him. I caught up to him on top of the gully up, up by the green and I said I caught up to him I said, I said Jimmy Jimmy what's going on you know what's wrong and he said I thought it got you and I said what got me and I said I said what are you talking about and then right then this roar came up from the gully and we heard heavy footfalls and it was coming towards where we were on the left side of the gully and we could hear it crashing I mean it was big and loud so we like you know, we, we stepped back a few feet and, you know, we grabbed some rocks and, you know, we thought it was probably, you know, like a, like a coyote or a big dog or something. And, and then it stopped and then it went down the other side of the gully and popped out the other side on the right side. And all we saw was a big brown blur of fur. Um, and it was running on two legs. Um, it wasn't a bear. It wasn't a moose or a cow or a horse. It was running on two legs and it was just big and it was, it was fast. And it just went up the fields and up into the canyon, which is which is Smithfield Canyon or or Dry Canyon, is what we called it. 
but I asked him, so I missed the spot. So when I asked him what got me, sorry, um, he said a big hairy hand arm reached out over, over my right shoulder. And that's when he ran and he thought it grabbed me. And, um, I never saw the hand. I didn't feel anything. I, I didn't see anything until it came up to- towards us and ran off. Um, yeah, so that was it. So after well, we saw, sorry, what? Well, I, first, I want to say, at once you guys got calmed down, did you slug your buddy in the arm and say, thanks, dude, if you thought that thing was going to get me, you just took <laughs> off? I mean, you just took off? Like, yeah, that. well, we were, you know, 12 years old, you know, and I mean, we're, we were used to like, you know, camping. And, I mean, we were hiking by ourselves at eight above the town and, you know, in the foothills. And, you know, we were going up there during the winter and camp and having campfires when we were like 10. And so, um, no, I just, I just don't think he knew what it was. I think he, he yeah. thought something was grabbing me and he didn't want to get grabbed. <laughs> But I guess it, not. Yeah, but and so 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 we waited till we couldn't see it anymore. We waited about ten minutes after we didn't see it, and then we ran home, which is about like if you walked it, it's probably like a four mile walk to one of our houses, and we got there in like ten ten minutes. We ran so fast, so our, our adrenaline was pumping, and so that was that was my first experience. And so I so I what I figured what it was after. So this happened on a Saturday and I have people always tell me, um, you know, this part, you know, outrageous and, you know, you know, you're making it up, you're, you know, embellishing. Well, I'm, I'm really not. So we went to school Monday and for some reason our class was doing book reports on dinosaurs. And so we go to the library and I found this book called, called, uh, I think it was mysterious earth or, or, or mysterious um, universe or something like that. And I'm flipping through it. And I turn to the page of Bigfoot and there's the Patty picture, you know, that famous Patty picture. And instantly I knew what it was. I'm like, that's what we saw on Saturday. So I called Jimmy over and he looked at it. And he didn't want to talk about it. He was like, no, he, like he was, he, he was done. But ever since then, that's what I knew it was. And I read about it and I'm like, well, you know, because I, you know, because our neighbors hunted, you know, I've hunted and fished and we've, I mean, we've been up close to animals and this was nothing I've ever seen before. I wasn't scared. Um, I was more intrigued by it. So do you think it was, do you think it had killed the deer? I think it did. I think we surprised it. I think it hid behind the bush because. Oh, uh, Okay. You know, because the deer had a, I mean, its neck looked like it was, I mean, it was, it was snapped back and its head was on its, on its back. I mean, it was twisted and on its, you know, back shoulder. I mean, I mean, it was, it was a broken neck for sure. Yeah. And that's something you might see a deer like that laying alongside the road because a car hit it and did yeah. that to it. But you're not going to see that along a cart path of a closed golf. No, when I looked course. for ice and there was no ice on that cart path, uh, there was some snow left, but it was melting pretty good. And it was like a nice, you know, like like a warm day in Feb, you know, like in uh, what was it, March? Um, probably, you know, like in the fifties or sixties that day. And it, I mean, it was a good, a good, you know, like day for springtime in in Utah. And yeah, it was strange. But if you look at it now, 
if you look at the pictures now of the fields where where it ran to, it, it's it's all houses. Oh, really? It's all oh, houses. Yeah. Oh, it's our cash value is ballooning up. It's it's getting big. <laughs> <laughs> so so, but it, before then, so we're talking. So I know how old you are. So you're talking. Let's see. I mean, back then, Bigfoot wasn't like a, I mean, either Bigfoot came was something that I knew growing up in the late 70s just because, you know, the Patterson-Gimlin film and In yeah. Search of and stuff like that. But it wasn't mainstream. I mean, I hate to say it's mainstream now, but it is. I mean, you can go find a lot of stuff on Bigfoot Sasquatch now. Yeah, well, and- we, yeah, exactly. I mean, we had a. A town, a town like myth or, or folklore or whatever you want to call it, and it was called the Hillside Growler. And there's supposedly a monster up Hyde Park Canyon, and it was kind of described like a Bigfoot. But I didn't really ever pay attention to that until after my sighting. And then I'm like, well, there may be mistaken this for that. Um, yeah. So I mean, I mean, all the towns up there have have different names for you know like. In, you know, for their um, Sasquatch sightings. Yeah, I mean, and, and you're right. It does seem that way that it's all the same thing. Everybody just has a different way of describing it based on yeah. where they're from and, and the geographical, uh, um, you know, what's going on. You know, if like we call it the grass man in Ohio because yep, it's yeah. hid, hidden, you know, looked like or hidden in, in the tall grass and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, it's just based on what, uh, what is around or, you know, maybe what from native Americans and stuff too. So oh yeah, I, I totally get, and Bigfoot wasn't something that was called until what the fifties, maybe yeah. even. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. And, and I, I never heard of it. I never heard any campfire stories growing up about, you know, like the wild man or Bigfoot, you know, when we were, and I don't, I mean, you know, now I look at people, you know, I've talked to people who lived in the Valley, you know, since they were kids, you know, like 80 years old and their, you know, parents talked about it, you know, grandparents talked about it. It was just like a known thing. And I'm like, I, why did I never hear this stuff? Because maybe you were too, to them. you were too good of a kid and your parents <laughs> didn't, didn't need to scare you into coming home. Well, have now what's your, but your buddy that was with you, have you talked to him? since or yeah oh yeah i talked to him since but he he perceives it as it was an alien that's what he says i mean he he doesn't think it was a bigfoot he thinks it was it was an alien that's what his his mindset is about it um so at least he doesn't say hey look i don't know what you're talking about no he he knows it happened he knows it happened for sure because he i mean he he will talk about it but he thinks it was an alien and, you know, that's what he probably does think, you know, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I don't think it was. Well, I know what it was. Um, but, yeah, his his thinking is that it was an alien, which is, you know, that's fine. You know, that's his belief. That's what he wants to talk about and, you know, believe about. So, no, it's all good. Wow. So so that so that was your first experience. And that's I mean, that would be a lifetime enough for me. Yeah, honest with you. So, 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 uh, what happened the next time that you encountered something? Well, the next one was like I think a week or two later. So we, so me and my friend um, Thomas were hiking above Hyde Park, 
our hometown and Hyde Park Canyon, there's a, and we were on three hills. So people who are listening from Cache Valley will know what I'm talking about. Uh, there's an area called Three Hills. Across from there is Cedar Hill. And Cedar Hill has a cave. It's a little worn out cave. It's like about 10 or 15 feet back. And that's called Devil's Cave. Well, that's what we call it. And we were on Three Hills across the across the meadow from it. Well, across the across the road, whatever you call it. Across the um, across the little meadow. Yes, that's what I'll call it. And um, I look over, and on the side of the cave, there's this tall brown thing. And we're looking at it, and we're like, oh, my, Thomas, what's that? And he said, I think it's just a dead tree. And I'm like, well, that's, it, it doesn't match up with all the other trees on the hill, you know, because you know, all, all the hillside is all cedar. And, and it, it didn't really match up to what we used to see and the color either. So we keep hiking, you know, we're, you know, we're trying to find some, you know, shed antlers and we come back around after we hiked over the top and come back up and I, I look over and that thing's gone. I'm like, Thomas, that, that tree's not there anymore on the side of the cave. And he lists, oh, it, it probably fell down. I said, well, we might've heard that, you know, cause you know, it's a rock, you know, rock shell on the face of that cave. And we could have, you know, probably heard some of it at least or. And I look down at the bottom of the hill where it should where it should have landed. There's nothing there. So we start hiking down this little trail on three hills and going on the on a dirt road when we hear something behind us. And it was just like a, you know, it just sounded like there was something big following us. And so we start walking like a little faster, you know. We were thinking moose or, or elk. And um so Thomas you know, we come out down on this road and right in between this little meadow, there's there's some trees. There's a patch of trees in between both roads. There's two separate ways to drive up there in this one area. And he looks behind him and he just starts running. So I chase after him, too. I'm like, you know, I'm like, OK, so, so he saw the moose with the elf, you know, is what I thought. He was coming towards us. And so we, you know, so but we ran through the trees, you know. We didn't run through the on the roads and we broke out of the trees and into the bigger open space. And, you know, he looks over his shoulder again and he stops running because whatever was chasing us uh, was gone. It stopped. So we go to his house and his dad's a big mountain man. His dad has since passed on, uh, but he was a hunter and a you know, hiker mountain man kind of guy. And so he's like, well, I'm going to go up and see what it was. So we're staying there. And this is still, you know, it's still springtime. So, you know, you know, the ground's melting and it's wet and there's not much snow left. And um, he comes back like about three hours later. He's like, I tracked this thing for three miles. I, he, he tracked it backwards. And he said it was walking on two feet the whole time. And that's all he said to us. That's all he said. He said it was, <laughs> he said he could tell it was big, but it was walking on two feet the whole time. It was, it was bipedal. And we're like, okay. And so, so right then me and Thomas were thinking, oh, you know, it's the hillside growler, you know, because I didn't tell anybody what our, you know, about our, our first sighting, me and Jimmy's first sighting, um, you know, cause I didn't want to, you know, you know, it, it was just a weird, my mind wasn't there yet to share it, share it, share it yet with anybody. But after that experience is when I started telling, you know, I told my dad and, you know, he just thought, you know, I was making it up and, you know, but then I told a few other people and, you know, yeah, but 
that was my first two experience, you know, happened with, happened within two weeks of each other. So, so what did, uh, Thomas, what did he see? Because, you, because all you, that second time you saw, obviously what, what it was yeah, standing beside the cave yeah, and then, he, and then he saw he, it the second time. So what did yeah, he see? He said it was, it was on, he said it was running after us. So I said, was it running on, you know, and I didn't even, even ask if it was four legs or two. He just said it was running like a person. There was a person running after us. And he said it was, he said he, all he saw was, was a blur of black, uh, you know, or, or dark brown. And that's pretty much all he saw. There was something after it, you know. And, and then his dad went and, you know, followed it. And it was, you know, it was three miles of tracks, you know, like, you know, he didn't get any castings, you know, because we didn't know about that stuff back then, you know, like, you know, we didn't even, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, you know, we didn't have cell phones back then or cameras. I mean, he, he probably had a camera, but he didn't take it with him. You know, he just thought, you know, it was probably a moose or an elk that chased us or something. I will but, tell you, um, you really hung out with some, a bad choice of dudes. I mean, those, I mean, those <laughs> guys just take off, <laughs> take off running. I mean, yeah, that's just this. I mean, yeah, they got great survival instincts, but holy smokes! Yeah, I, I mean, I I've never ran. I mean, I've never ran from an encounter with any kind of animal. Like, I'll I'll try to get behind a tree, you know, or stand my ground. And um, I mean, I've been I've been chased by I've been charged by a moose, and I just got behind a tree, and it, you know, it just ran right past me. I've had bear. I had a bear walk into my kitchen when I worked in Alaska. I worked in a hotel kitchen, and a black bear walked in. And Holy I, I just looked at it, and it went into the bread room where we had all our bread. It went in there, grabbed a loaf of bread, and walked out. And I was like twenty feet from it. It didn't do nothing. It just looked at me, and it knew I wasn't going to do anything. Well, and he wasn't coming there for you. No, he's coming exactly. there for bread. He's exactly. coming there for bread. Like exactly. And I mean, I've, I've never been really scared in the woods. Um, I don't know if that's, that's being stupid or not, but I just don't have that, um, have that in me for some reason. I mean, I can, yeah, I don't know. It's just weird, but yeah, they always ran from it. <laughs> wow. Wow. That was a good thing. One of them wasn't in the kitchen with you. They'd have ran yeah, you over probably. to get away from the Yeah. <laughs> To get away from the black bear. Holy smokes. So so then so the, after that encounter, then you start thinking, okay, there's there's some there's obviously something to to Yeah. Work, yeah. To I always work. knew there was something there. Like even you know, like a few years later, like so after this, I didn't have really any any weird things, you know, like every so often, you know, if we were hiking or camping, we'd feel something watching us, you know, but we blamed it on deer or you know other campers but most of the time where we were all camping we were by ourselves <laughs> and so so a few years later you know we were at my family's cabin up card canyon up logan canyon and like at two in the morning so all the cousins we all slept upstairs in the loft we you know so we were up there and this one night at two in the morning i i heard my two uncles talking Uncle Mike and Uncle Dave, and um, and they're looking out the window that's in the hall, um, right below the loft, and they're 
and they keep whispering, "Yeah, I see it. It's out there." I'm like, "I'm like, I'm like, what's out there, Uncle Mike?" And he said, "Oh no, go back to bed." And so I go to the window in the loft, and it looks out the back of the cabin, and I kind of I try to angle where where they were looking, and I looked in the patch of trees on the on the back corner of the cabin, and I saw this tall black shadow, and that's all I saw. Um, I went back to bed, but in the morning, um, I was talking to uh, Grandpa, and then Mike came over, and they they kind of turned to each other, you know, and kind of you know in a hushed tone said, "Well, something tried to open the door last night. <laughs> they they heard some something or someone get on the back porch and turn the doorknob a few times, and that's when they saw the big black thing outside." And that's all I know about that. Um, nothing ever came of that. I don't know if they told anybody else, but they. But Mike said I did talk to. I talked to, um, you know, my grandpa later, and he said that um, Uncle Mike said when they were in the front room asleep on the hide of bed, uh, they heard something turn the doorknob. And so. And that was the only time. I mean, you said that was a, like a family cabin, right? So yeah. you guys had been there for years and years and years. Yeah, probably. and there and there were stories about that area. You know, you know, as I got older, you know, I would hear stuff and hear stories, and you know, and I kind of have a a mindset, you know, like I, I want to learn more and I want to take into account everybody's, you know, stories and you know, shift through the you know shift through the um all their stuff and yeah so i mean i heard stories there were stories about bigfoot up card canyon up mount logan up by white pine lake you know up by tony grove bear lake the sinks area so after after a while when i i I got older i would pay more attention and actually would talk to people at campgrounds and you know rangers and police officers and yeah it's it changed my whole mindset after um after talking to more people I, i got more and more um you know, knowledge. Well, I wouldn't say knowledge. I would say more of a a truthfulness that, you know, these things are out there. Well, yeah, I mean, it probably, uh, I mean, anytime you, anytime you're asking people and they're kind of giving you the same, you know, cooperating yeah. stories and it, it, it probably makes you feel like, okay, I wasn't crazy or you know, I did see this and, uh, and even though my friends ran away like punks, you know, <laughs> they had a good reason, they had a good reason to, to run away. So, and have you, have you done, I mean, cause I know you're, you know, looking into the subject and stuff. Have you gone back and like tried to find other stories and stuff from, from those areas in Utah that have been reported? Cause there's a big difference between what gets reported and what people don't report. I mean, we yeah. all know that. Like you, like here's three instances, and I doubt that you've gone and filed official report. You know, no, um, no, I, I haven't gone on the BFRL site. Um, um, but no, I mean, I've, I've actually written some. You know, I've written two books about it. You know, I gather stories, and I've written two books about Cash Valley Bigfoot, and I've gotten so many more stories that I'm trying to put book number three together. And a lot of them are just, you know, like, you know, my story, you know, they just, you know, randomly had an encounter, you know, it lasted like 20 seconds. 
Yeah. I mean, and that's most of the people don't understand, you know, it's like, you know, sightings only, you know, sightings only last like 10, 15 seconds sometimes. And your brain's trying to, you know, comprehend what you're seeing. So everybody who, who, who doubts, they'll tell me, well, why didn't they grab your cell phone? I'm like, you, like, how would you feel if you're like, you know, you see something and, you, and your brain's trying to comprehend it. Plus, your you know, your body has that fear factor. You're not going to think about grabbing your phone until after it's gone. I've done that a few times. I've done that, you know, I mean, I I sat and watched a bull moose one time. I didn't get one picture of it. I was just watching it. And, I mean, it, it happens. You know, people will not grab their cameras if it's, you know, you know, if it's that fast. And that's yeah, why they're so, always blurry too. That's why they're always blurry because they're you know trying to grab it and you know get it going, but as they're doing it, it's already farther away or it's you know going behind trees. Yeah, it's not like they're posing. No, you know? exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's not, what I tell people too. I'm like, I was you know, and I I have these doubters, and I say I can tell you everything I know about it, but I said I say unless you experience it, you won't believe it. I know. I, yeah. I, I, when there's not, when there's something that's not supposed to be like, and I, I mean, I know this is a, a, probably a lackluster, uh, lackluster comparison, but <laughs> you know, Hey, I'm out on the mail route and I'm walking through a yard and I almost step on a snake. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I'm, I'm jumping because here's this thing that's not supposed to be there moving out from underneath my feet. Last thing I'm doing is like, Oh, I want to take a picture of that. You're just yeah, like, Whoa, exactly. what, wait, what is that? Oh, you yeah. know, like it's not supposed to be there. And I know that's a far cry, a snake and a snake in the yard, somebody's yard versus a, uh, you know, a Bigfoot out, you know, out in the trees or out in the woods or in a, in a meadow. But it's just the fact that when something catches you by surprise, it does no matter what it is it's the last thing you think of uh, oh, i need yeah. to get a picture of this it's yeah. like i am i gonna live you know? yeah exactly i mean <laughs> i i've talked to um i'm trying to think of what i was gonna say because I, I was gonna comment about that too um yeah i mean i i talk to people all the time who who doubt and i say well and like you just said you know like you know just almost you, you almost stepped on a snake when you're walking as a mailman. And I always ask people, I said, well, have you ever seen a blue well in person? And they're like, no. I said, well, do they exist? They're like, yeah. I'm like, how, how do you know they exist? Well, there's pictures, you know, there's, you know, there's video, there's, there, there's all this other evidence. I said, well, if you've never seen one, how do you know it's, it's real? You know, it could just be fake. And <laughs> they kind of have a thought then they're like, oh, well, wait a minute. You know, that that's a good point. You know, I know they're, I've never seen a blue well in person, but I know they're real. And that's what I tell people too about, you know, about Bigfoot, you know, even though you haven't seen it, you know, you should, you should know it's real because there, there is evidence, there's tracks. I mean, I mean, if you talk to Jeff Meldrum, I mean, you can't go away from there having doubts after talking to Jeff Meldrum. Cause I've been to his lab and everything. It's, it's amazing. And, Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And, and, you know, and somebody with his back, you know, with his background and education and knowledge to, to go out and uh, be at the forefront, 
forefront, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. And, and say that. Yeah. Well, the, even Jim Myers in Colorado, you know, at the Sasquatch outpost at his museum. I mean, if you go in there, you're going to see stuff that you're, you know, you can't, it can't be anything else, but what it is, <laughs> you know, just how and his museum's great. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there, there's plenty of evidence and plenty of, um, um, people who know, you know, a lot more about it, you know, than I ever will. But I have the knowledge what I've seen. So, yeah, and that's, um, you know, and they might trade that. <laughs> they might trade that with you, you know. <laughs> so what? So so what? What else is? Um, what other experiences have you had? Like, uh, so all those happened in Utah yes. while you were still relatively young. Yeah. Um, now, have have you had any experiences outside of Utah or as you yes. got older? Yes, I had one in Wyoming in the Wind Rivers, um, Wind River Mountain Range at Big Sandy Lake. Um, so I was 21, 2021. So this happened in 99, 2000. Um, summer. Um, I went up late summer, um, like the first week of September around there. I went for a three or four day hike. I was finally on a five day, but it only did, like it was four or something. And I got to Big Sandy Lake and I was the only one there. I know I was because there's only pretty much one spot area to camp where and you can see everybody coming in into the lake on both sides. And they have to walk right in front of your camp to get, you know, to on the main trail. And so I was fishing, just playing around for two days. And day number three, I didn't have any issues until day number three. I, I was fishing and I caught some trout and I, I cooked them up. And as I was cooking them, I, I was down by the water. And across the across the lake is a, a big, like, you know, like a boulder field with like all this scree, you know, um, like a slide area. And I heard these two rocks being clocked together. I was like, well, what is that? And I just thought, you know, it was rocks falling, you know, like erosion stuff going on. But they seemed to have a rhythm, like clack, clack, you know, it stopped for a minute, then it was clack, clack again. And so I just played it off, you know, played it off. And I didn't even think about, you know, it was Bigfoot. So later that night, so I got in bed about 10 o'clock and I was laying in my tent. It's a small little army tent. It was dark green. It fits, it fits two people, but it fits me, you know, it fits two, but it fits one better. And I fell right asleep. At about two in the morning, I woke up and I was on my back and I look, I opened my eyes, my eyes adjusted to darkness and my tent wall gets pushed in. But the thing is, when you, when I looked at it, what was pushing in was a big hand. You could see each individual fingertip on the you know tent wall, and it was pushing it in, and that hand was gigantic. And I liken it to probably the size of Shaq's hand, probably. If you ever met Shaq or seen you know size of his hand, probably that big. And I coughed. It pulls it pulls away slowly, and I was I got nervous for that time. I I did get nervous, and um, it pulled away. I, I heard it shuffle its feet. And I said, I know you're out there. You know, I, I got a gun. I didn't have a gun on me. 
I don't I don't hike with guns, even though I I, I probably should. Um, and then it it shuffles some its feet some more. I could kind of hear it breathing. It was a it was a heavy breathing, and then it turned as it turned and walked away uh, into the trees. But so before I got out of my tent, I, I made sure I couldn't hear it anymore. Got out of my tent with my flashlight, flashed the area where it was, looked on the ground where it was standing by my tent. You could see impressions. There were no toe mark, you know, because it was hard packed ground. But but you could see where it was. And yeah, all the four. Oh yeah. So I woke up and before the tent got pushed in, sorry, I forgot this part. All the forest was dead quiet. You didn't hear nothing. I didn't hear any wind. I didn't hear the insects. I didn't hear anything. It was just quiet. And that was, that's when I noticed the wall being pushed in. And so I, I got back in my tent and fell back asleep. <laughs> I mean, I knew it was gone. I knew like it wouldn't bother me. I mean, if it wanted to hurt me, I mean, I was, it could have easily, easily. When I hear, when I hear these, when I hear the tent story, like, cause you know, I've heard, I've heard qu- quite a few, you know, where they come up and, and, uh, you know, are, are checking out tents. I, I just get this feeling like they almost, uh, like they could almost just crumple up the tent, like a wrapper oh, with oh, you inside sure. of it and then just toss it, you know, like, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah so, that, yeah. so I still have the tent too and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, Everybody says, "Well, why don't you do you know try try DNA?" I'm like, "It's it was like twenty years, <laughs> twenty years. <laughs> it's not going to be there. Hope you know. I hope I hope it's still not there. I mean, I'll look." <laughs> <laughs> wow. And so none of that is like that doesn't deter you. Like, so obviously you said you don't really you've never really felt threatened. It's more like like that case. It was just curious probably yeah. wanting to oh, see for sure no i've never felt threatened i've been escorted out of areas before um but that's because i believe i was i was near young i was near like younger ones um but i've never felt like you know i'm in danger of being attacked i've been escorted out of areas for sure i mean i you know i go on that there's an area up by tony grove lake in logan canyon and it's a it's a real um high area of sightings and encounters and i go in this one area where there's where the back trail and you start following these you know uh you follow these cattle trails and i got in this one area and it was just instantly hit me like you're not supposed to be here (laughs) so i don't know if i got you know how people call it you know zapped you know or you know the whatever you call it um the infrasound or yeah, whatever sound I, I but after experience it i believe they can do it I, I don't know if all of them can or do but whatever it was man i mean it it like it's at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices by developing better technologies we keep moving forward with each new idea innovation and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Stop me in my tracks. And it's like, nope, you're too close. And so I, you know, and I backed up and I talk out loud to him, you know, to it. I said, okay, I'm leaving. I'm going, I'm turning around. And 
So I turned around and I could hear it, hear it parallel me in the trees. And, and when I got far enough away to where I think it wanted me to be, it, it was gone. And, and the feeling went away. But yeah, no, it was, it was crazy feeling that. That's not a good feeling. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure of that. Um, and I will take your word for it on that. I'm not, I don't want to go press my luck no. to, to, no, exp- to experience that. Cause I mean, and that's kind and that is a common, um, thread among a lot of, ex- a lot of people who have experiences is that if they feel like they've gone somewhere where they're not supposed to, it's all, it's not, most of the time it just, it's not like they get physically threatened but they have that feeling of i need to get out of here yeah and i think it's i think it's kind of like you know because i've had i talked to people that have nausea you know they feel like they're gonna throw up i didn't feel any of that mine was just like instant i was like okay i'm i shouldn't be here i mean it was that i don't know if it was telepathy or whatever you know whatever they have um it was just like you're not supposed to be in this area right now and so i don't know um i i really haven't done much um into studying all that you know about infrasound but do i think they use it i think they can i don't know you know to you know to what degree it's used all the time but i don't know because i you know that i listen to a lot of what native americans believe and say and you know, they said they can use it too. So I don't know. Yeah. And, and so native, so think about that. I mean, the native Americans would, their frame of reference for that would be totally different than, um, like what tie, I think tigers use yeah. that to stun their prey. Yeah. Tigers, lions. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that has been scientifically studied. Well, yeah. the Native Americans weren't scientifically studying the, you know, there'd be no correlation. They wouldn't be able to make the correlation. They'd, they'd never seen a lion or a tiger do, do something like that. So for them to uh, pass that knowledge down and understand that they can do something like that. Well, where did they, where did, how did they gain that knowledge? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, so you're in, you're in Ohio. So, um, have you had any encounters out there? Well, I, I haven't gone through all your podcasts yet. So, <laughs> I, well, I will, I will, I will say this. So I, I like to, we like to, um, uh, I like to say that I'm not, I'm an, a Bigfoot enthusiast. Uh-huh. So I don't, I don't go, I don't go out and, 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 and do a lot of uh, looking for, Bigfoot. Now I yeah. did get, I did get, um, are you familiar with Ohio at all? Um, a little bit. Okay. So in the North, so Cleveland obviously is in the okay. North, uh, Northeast part of Ohio and, and it is probably the top of what you'd call the corridor of mm-hmm. Bigfoot sightings in Ohio. It runs, you know, to the, to, on the Eastern part of the state down to the southern part down towards um you know where west virginia is is that the white fork park area so the salt fork salt fork yeah yeah salt fork yeah so salt fork would be on the eastern eastern portion of the state and so i i have 
actually have friends who uh, they, they have another po- podcast called Paranormal Road, and they camp in a town called, or just outside of a town called Oberlin, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And um, the, in this campground, they started experiencing uh, the noise, you know, the sounds. Like the so in Cleveland, um, there are a lot of big metro parks. Um, and it's, you know, it's just vast swatches of yeah woods and along these rivers and stuff. And so some of these parks, uh, are connected along these, these river systems clear out to like where these guys had their, uh, campground. And so they, they were hearing stuff. They were, um, um, and they had recorded some of the sounds and, um, and then the the lady who managed the campground with her granddaughter during the off season actually like she didn't want to hear anything about it. She's like, I would you guys quit talking about Bigfoot? I don't want to hear <laughs> it. And uh, then she ended up seeing one. OK, so mm-hmm. so it was the next summer. I think it was 2020. Maybe we had this idea we were going to go up and do like a joint like a do a do a live broadcast of our podcast up there and and talk to some of the people who had experiences or had heard stuff um, and have them on our show and just kind of have a, a discussion. And um, I don't know, do you know who Amy Boo is? She's a, she's a pretty well-known um, Bigfoot researcher around here and has done some stuff with the Olympic project. Um, but Amy was up there with us. And so Kind of, I want to say as a, I don't want to say it was a joke because we were earnestly going out into these woods. There's like 12 of us. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it was more of, let's just go out there. So we got, you know, we, we have something to talk about. And so we, we get out into the woods and, um, Amy and another, they had the, the, uh, infrared stuff, you know, the fleers. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And one of them that they had brand new batteries in them and we, you know, we're out there and the one just boom battery gone. Okay. And you know, Amy's kind of like, this is weird. You know, we just put in a new battery. So like, what, what is that? I mean, cause that's more of a paranormal kind of thing. Yeah. And I look and we're kind of standing around because now we're getting, you know, it's kind of weird trying to figure it out. And I see this red light. Okay. And it's, I have no frame of reference for how far away it was at that point in time when we're standing at that very moment because we're in the dark. I hadn't been out there and I see this red light and I, and it looks about the size of an, an eyeball. Okay. And I say to Amy, I go, Amy, can you see that? And when I say that now there's two of them. (laughs) Okay. And she goes, yes, I see those. And then they went out. And so now she's looking at me. So we don't know if anybody else in the group, because everybody's kind of like talking, you know, like, yeah, you know, like I said, it wasn't like we were on an expedition. Okay, we were just, you know, it was kind of a fun thing, and so not knowing whether I had seen some 
through the woods to a farm and saw the taillights on a track, you know, who knows? We, we start making our way over there. And what we find is, is that we're beyond like where these lights were. It was a, it was a hit. Like we were down in the woods and it was a hill. Okay. So the, you had to walk up the hill to get back up to where you could see out of the woods. Wow. So then I'm looking around to see, okay, did somebody put reflectors on the trees? Yeah. But then I'm thinking, well, what would that matter? There's no light, you know, there's nobody had hit. So now Amy and I are kind of like, okay, this is weird. Like we know this FLIR went out. We know we saw these red and I didn't, at that point, I wasn't going to say I saw red eyeballs, red eyes. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, and so Amy, cause she's a teacher. She kind of like, okay, guys, let's all just kind of spread out a little bit and let's just practice being quiet for a second. <laughs> and so we kind of all spread out and this was in the middle of July. And I mean, it was so hot in that woods. I mean, the sweat is just pouring off of me. Yeah. <clears throat> and as I stood there, this whoosh of cold air just came through the woods and like, right. Like I was standing in a river of cold air and now it had no, there was look, there's no reason for a whoosh of cold air to come through a woods in the middle of the, you know, at two o'clock in the morning in the middle of July. It just doesn't, (laughs) it doesn't happen. So, so I, 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 we kind of like, you're like, well, you know, maybe it's time for us to get out of here. Like, I'm the only one that felt that, I think. I don't think anybody else. But as we got out, you know, there were other people that saw those red lights. They just had no idea what they were. Now, separately, those are three interesting events or things that happened standing out in the woods. Okay. Yeah. Now, if you want to put them all together, it is a really interesting things, the thing that happened. <laughs> and yeah. can I tell you, can I tell you that it, it was a Bigfoot or something? All I know is it was like the next week, you know, I'm listening to Sasquatch Chronicles and they start talking about the red eyes. Yeah. And it kind of, you know, kind of like, okay. And Amy and I discussed it and she's like, I, she's like, I've never had any of those things happened to me out in the woods. So she goes, what, what, what did we, what did we experience? I have no idea what we experienced now. I'm not now in the meantime, um, in the year and a half since, uh, the guys that see the, the really crazy thing is the guys that have that podcast and have that camp campsite. They are mediums. They're like, like they can communicate with, um, ghost or spirits. And I asked them, I said, man, you guys need to go out there and see if what is happening out there is more paranormal. And they're like, uh, no, thanks. You know, yeah. we're not, we're not going, but they did. They ended up the one and David ended up going out with some of and they, they and other people in the campground, um, uh, had seen these red eyes or lights or whatever you want in the woods. They saw them while they were in the woods. Other people have seen them from the campground out. Now, there is no doubt that what those 
what they heard before was, um, I think he, um, he had found a recording online of like the Sierra sounds, not yeah. like this, not like the samurai chatter, but of the howling. And they, they were like, Hey, that's what we heard. Where did you get that? And he, and, you know, he said, look, it's from the 1970s in the Sierra. So they heard something that sounds similar to what somebody had recorded before. Now, is that what they were hearing or is it, is there evil? Was there like some spirits out there that are, just messing. I have no idea, but I've not been inclined to uh, go back up and and hang <laughs> out in the woods again because I feel like um, I feel like I I saw I experienced just enough that I know that um something's there's something out there, but I can't. I'm not ready to say it was a Bigfoot or anything. Yeah. But but when I hear other people's stories that have um you know, the red eyes and almost a paranormal aspect to some of it. I start to wonder, you know, I do. You know? Yeah. Yeah. See, and I'm, I'm not on the side yet, you know, of, you know, of like, what is it called? The, um, the woo. <laughs> no, like, the, like the, you know, like other realms, you know, the Sasquatch country portals and everything. And, but yeah, but, but but there are some stuff that's really like you just said, you know, that's paranormal about it, and just you know, it shouldn't like there's things that 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 pertain to it that shouldn't happen, you know, in the natural world as we know it right now. You know, just some of the things that happens, you know, like you know they they someone will see a bigfoot, you know, and as they're seeing it, it seems to like you know blend into the trees like it vanishes, like. Like the predator, and that's just crazy to me because I've never experienced it, and I'll never deny anybody's experience. But I'm almost there <laughs> to get to where it's, <laughs> you know, where it's paranormal, you know, like you know, vortexes and other realms. And well, we've, I mean, I mean, I just got um, a gentleman that's on our podcast quite often that we we call him the judge because he is a judge here mm-hmm. in our county and he's a um you know good for you know he he had a dogman encounter when we were in high school and wow. just i mean just this week guests that we've had on the show that live here where we're at they were one of our first guests they had they they lived in a haunted house and they shared their experiences with wow. us and they're you know like they're people i i babysat for mm-hmm. the the guy when he was a kid that's i mean so i've known the guy forever well he he just said uh he just sent me a text the other night and said they were driving home from a 4-h meeting and um him and his daughter and they they saw something not too in the same area that was he said it was so black that it was almost too black and he goes him and his daughter i mean they were just stunned like what they were seeing and and he doesn't know he doesn't know what he saw <laughs> you know he goes but i know it wasn't something that should be there yeah and he, uh, <laughs> he did not get a picture of it and he's <laughs> and he said that's the crazy thing he says he goes they're big into like the mothman and all that other stuff and uh-huh. he goes and they love it they, they'll go out and he goes we'll go out and 
drive around like we're, you know, hey, we're looking for. He goes, and of course, the one night that we don't say that we're looking for, we see something. And uh, I go, well, that's how it goes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Have you heard of this study? I'm trying to, I haven't found it yet, but I, I keep hearing about this study that happened up in Canada. So there were some trappers, you know, who, who trap wolves and trap other animals. And they were having a hard time getting wolves. And so they started to say, well, let's do, let's do intention, you know? So, so they did a group of, of hunters who would go out there with the intent in their mind of, you know, getting a wolf. And then the other group would go out with no intent, you know, with just, you know, with just, just setting traps and keeping their minds off wolves and off everything else. Well, they found that the ones that had the intent, they wouldn't catch nearly as many wolves. Like there was one here and there, you know, that was, they would get. But the other ones that had no intent, all of them got wolves. And so, so I'm, and they kind of think that we leave the intent in our energy when it comes to that certain stuff. So like, you know, I mean, I know people who will have intent, you know, to go out, you know, and find Bigfoot. And that's just their mentality, mentality, mentality is Bigfoot. And that's why some, some, sometimes they'll have experiences and sometimes they won't. But the ones like most of the people that I've talked to and got stories from, it was just random. They were just out there talking with, you know, hiking on a trail, you know, they didn't have any intent at all. And then it was right there. So I don't know if, if it perceives what people are trying to do or I don't know. But that's part of the paranormal stuff, too. Yeah. I mean, and if, um, I mean, look, if we're to believe that, I mean, like, do you honestly think um, from your own, I mean, do you think this is just some animal out there running around or do you think there's something else to it? I call it the forest people. Um, I do what the Indians say. It's a forest person. Um, um yeah, I don't think it's an. I I don't. I can't really describe what I think about it. I do know that it's it's smart. Um, do they have a language? I don't know. After hearing the Sierra sounds, like some of the you know at the samurai chatter, it sounds like Asian to me. You know, for some reason, it hits me as Asian. It has an Asian accent kind of thing, or dialect. Mm -hmm. And so I know they're smart. I know they have a language. I know some big bigfoot researchers say they're not as smart as we think and i'm like well i don't know um yeah i just uh, well yeah well yeah do and 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 that needs to be taken in with a different perspective is okay there maybe they're not maybe they can't come balance the checkbook and and figure out how to work a microwave and drive a car okay but that's that's our that's where we exist. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, in, in the realm in which they exist, we're probably not very smart. You know, they're probably like, man, look at those people building the fire. Look at those people knocking on trees, you know, like, yeah, exactly. Like, like yeah. How, how, why would they be doing, why would they be doing something like that? So I think that needs to be taken into consideration as yeah, they're, um, and to be quite honest, there's, there's not, there's a lot of humans that can't balance checkbooks or drive cars either. So, um, 
depending on where you're at, depending yeah. on where you're at. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, I don't, and, but I go to the part where if we think they're part, um, you know, if there's a native American or, or ancient kind of bloodline that is commingled with, you know, whatever it is like, and there's a human aspect to them. I mean, it's like I said, those guys that can't, they're psychic mediums and I have no doubt in their ability. So oh, yeah, if, sure, so sure. if you, if humans have that ability, yes. why, why wouldn't these creatures have it if they were part human? And maybe the, maybe they have the part that, um, they haven't closed off the parts that make, cause there's people that think that every single one of us have the ability of, um, in our brain at like telepathy or, um, yeah. being able to, you know, um, just expand our mind. If we could expand our minds, like the, the stuff that we could accomplish, what, what if they don't have the uh, barriers set in place by television or cell phones or, you know, people telling them, well, you can't do that. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, exactly. and they have a, they have a much more open um, consciousness. Yeah. To, to stuff. Yeah. Albert Einstein said, if we use, if we could use, 10% of our brain, we'd all be, um, I mean, it'd be amazing. I can't remember what exactly he said, but he said, we're not even using what two or two or 3% of it. It's not much of our power. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not, not much. It's not much. And, and like I said, it that goes back to the cars and the uh, checkbooks. There's people that use a lot less. So, yeah, <laughs> so. it's, it's a, and that's why I tell people too, you know, why I'm so excited about the Bigfoot stuff is it's, you know, cause you know, cause once you get into it, there's so many areas of it that just are, are so intriguing. And, um, you know, and it gets you off into other, other subjects, you know, like ghosts and everything and paranormal, you know, vortexes, you know, missing 411, all that stuff, um, you know, UFOs. And I mean, I've experienced almost all of, all of those too, you know, and, and that's what I always tell people too: have an open mind to things, you know, because I mean, you know, we've, we've had a haunting in our house in Utah. You know, we had a ghost investigation. We got plenty of evidence, you know, and I, I, I told my family, I sent I sent them the stuff that, and all they say is cool. That's cool. I'm like, did you not read it? Because <laughs> <laughs> well, they just block it out there, you know, because they don't even want to um, even try to, um, learn about it or recognize that part of, you know, of what can, you know, of what we can, you know, you know, learn about for some reason. It's scary. The unknown, you know, yeah, the, un, the, un, yeah, it's a lot of, but I also think that, uh, gosh, what was the little schoolhouse rock thing? Like knowledge is power. Yeah, I do, yeah. and I do think that the, the the more knowledge you have about stuff, the the easier it is to reconcile and and, and kind of kit, kind of hit it head on and learn from learn from some of that stuff. And but some stuff is pretty scary because uh, people like to have control. Yeah, and there's just certain things that you're just not going to have control over, and it's like taking a picture of Bigfoot. Well. Nobody had nobody's in control of that, you know. It's not like uh, they're coming for pictures with Santa Claus, 
as you said, you know, he's not going to pose for you. Exactly. Yeah, I've, uh, I've never had a, I've never had an animal pose for me in the wild. <laughs> now, talk. now you said now you said you've written a couple books. Like where where can um, where can our listeners go to find can, find your you books? Can find them on Amazon right now. Um, I'm not sure about Barnes Noble. I kind of think they might be there. I I haven't heard yet. But Amazon.com, uh, the names are Cache Valley Bigfoot. Um, they're both titled that. And then a subtitle is, one of them is a field guide and stories of Cache Valley, uh, South Park, you know, Bigfoot and Cache Valley. And the other one is sometimes the shadows do move in the woods. Um, and I have those on Amazon. And if you're in northern Utah, if, if you're listening to this, um, I have them at the book table and at the visitor center. And that's and that's Cash Valley, like C A C H E. C A C H E. Yep, Cash Valley. Yeah, Cash Valley Bigfoot. All right. And then yeah. I have Instagram of the same name and a Facebook of the same name. So. And then and then the Facebook pages where you get a lot of people coming and leaving. Yeah, I get lots of comments on there. Um, Instagram too. Um, you don't have to share your stories, you know, publicly if you want. You know, you can write me. I mean, I have. I have a whole folder full of people who are privately wanting to talk about it. And yeah, I mean, it's, I'm not, I don't go out either. Like I'm not really one of those, you know, go out to every, you know, every encounter sighting area. Plus right now I'm in Texas. So it's kind of hard, you know, my wife's having some health stuff. So we're down here in Texas for that, but I'm going to, I'll be back in Utah in October for a para conference. Um, so I'll be doing that in October. Um, yeah. Well, I'll have to I'll have to get with you. I'm heading to uh, we're heading to Utah in September for a wedding. Nice. And uh, I'll have to let you know where it is that we're headed because I think we have a couple of days to do some exploring. And uh, yeah, I, and I could give you a good area where there's where there's been lots of sightings the past few years. Well, I won't tell I won't tell Christy that that's why we're <laughs> going to that area because she will immediately say. Uh, no, you can go by yourself. So, so, uh, so all, people listening all over the world, don't tell Christy that we made that. <laughs> that we made we go. No, it's not. It won't be scary. I mean, it's an area where it's pretty. You know, I mean, it's a good area. There's been a lot. I mean, over the. I mean, I've I've had stories come back from this. You know, this one lake called White Pine Lake, and I've had stories come back to me from from the 70s with experiences. So there's people that have had them since the 70s. In the wow. same family, in the same family, I don't, and I, I know it's not the same Bigfoot. I think it's just a passed down trait. Um, it, it likes to throw rocks and 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 kind of kind of do like an intimidation kind of thing, but not really to like you know to like make you that scared. I just think he likes doing it. Like get off my yard, get yeah, off my yard. You it's pretty much you know you know this is my area. You know I'm here. I mean. I have stories from 1971 where it was throwing rocks back then. I mean, so, you know, so that's, that's 40, you know, 41 years ago or 50 years ago. Sorry. And I, I know it's not the same one. And I know people always ask me, you know, so what did they do with their dad? I believe they bury him. That's just me. Um, or they, or they do what most of them do. Um, animals do. They go off and by themselves, you know, and find a place. Yeah. 
but I also have a have a belief that they bury them. Some some do. Some people believe that you know they do cannibalism on each other. You know, if they're dead, they eat them. I don't believe that. Um, and then why haven't you found us? You know, bones. I'm like, I mean, you know, look. Like if you go in the woods, and I'm sure I'm sure you've experienced this too in Ohio. Like, how many black bear you know you know bones have you found? None. Exactly. There's black bear there. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you just don't stumble upon. It's not like it's just bones are just laying everywhere in the. Yeah, I mean, people will say, "Well, there's a ton of deer." Oh, yeah, on the side of the road, you see deer all the time dead. You know, deer and elk. You know, cows. I mean, in all the years I've hiked in Logan Canyon in Utah, with all the cattle that has ran up there, I've never found one cow. Never. Wow, and there's tons. Never found, I mean, I found one deer, but that was by the family cabin. I've never been hiking up on this mountain, you know, you know, with no trails and find a deer. It's just rare. I mean, it's rare to find an animal actually in the woods that died from natural causes or, you know, died by a mountain lion and stuff like that. No, nature, nature kind of takes care of that stuff anyway. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, if you if you watch this one documentary on the body, you know, on the body farm, I think there's one in Ohio and there's one in Tennessee, and you know, they they leave you know human bodies out in the in the woods, and it and they can you know tell you how fast it you know decays and it's gone. <laughs> wow, That'd be wow, cool. <laughs> well, that sounds like a terrible place to go. They have one uh, here in Texas too, uh, by. A and M has one uh, down here where I'm. I'm a, right now I live in College Station, and so there's a body farm in this part of Texas that it's used. It's used by the FBI and, and forensics and everything. So I know it's pretty cool. I mean, people can donate their body to the farm. And so holy smokes! Yeah, wow. that's cool. <laughs> well, hey, well, John, I hey, I am so glad we finally connected. I. And I'm glad you shared, uh, yeah, shared your experiences. Those are great. And, Same and, Same here. and we'll put uh, we'll put links to uh, to your webs or to your Facebook page, and uh, I'll put the uh, book titles in the description so people okay. can go check out. So it's yes, John Marshall and the Cash Valley, right? Cash Valley, yep. All right, yeah. It sounds like a sounds like an interesting place I, I i can't wait to see where you send me in utah yeah no it's a good no, there's some good places in utah and um if you have i mean i if you want any more stories you know about ghosts about you know shadow people i've experienced all that my wife had a near-death experience where she saw the other side and Holy, well, that you know what? That sounds like a part two sometime. <laughs> this, uh, that sounds like maybe when we get close to Halloween, maybe yes. we'll have uh, have uh, maybe both of you on, and she can tell her story about that. Yeah, yeah, because it was during her coma. So yeah, um, yeah. So I also wanted, you know, just ask you, you know, so so you and me, you know, both have the same, you know, kind of you know personality and beliefs. So so do you believe that people? who have an open mind have have more experiences than the ones who who don't you know i think hmm i don't necessarily think that that is the case mm-hmm. um 
I definitely think it helps to have an open mind, but sometimes I think people that are such, see, I, I want to say God has a great, and we know God has a great sense of humor and whatever. So I think a lot of times the people that are the biggest doubters get the biggest slap in the face, if that makes sense. Yes. You know, just out of general principle to say, look, you're not in charge and you don't know as much as you think, you know, yeah. and I, because I mean, I've always been open to all of this and, um, yeah. um, and just, just for instance, and, and longtime listeners of the show will, will know, uh, my ex-wife and I had a, uh, had an antique fr- in a framing business in this big Victorian house here in the town we live in. Nice. And I did a lot of stuff there before we even in this house, I helped some people move that were in there and we never, me and the other guy that was, with, we, we wanted to experience ghost stuff. Okay. Uh-huh. And we, cause you just, yeah. you knew the house is haunted and we never saw a thing as soon as years later, then as soon as we start moving our business in, she sees a full bodied apparate apparate apparition. Uh, her mother does my former mother-in-law did, um, other people say, you know, so they weren't necessarily believers and didn't, you know, and of course my, I'm just going to say it. My ex-wife did not have a very open mind. Um, so, (laughs) so, but there's an example of people who were not like looking, who were not necessarily believe that there was ghosts. And they had irrefutable proof within feet of them of a girl and a, a little a girl from the turn of the century in a white flowing dress come running at them like they weren't there, come running at them and turn and run down the hall. They both saw it at different times. Wow. The same thing. And there was no denying that. I mean, they had the same, they had the same thing happen, you know, and then there were other you know, people that would come into the house and share because this house had, like I said, been part of the community for a hundred years. And I never saw, I never saw anything at that house. And I was there all the time because we had a business there wow. and, uh, I heard stuff, but you know, what did I, you know, what did I hear? I saw our dog act crazy. And wa- I mean, I saw our dog watch something go up the steps. I couldn't see it. Yeah, I could hear something, but I couldn't, I couldn't see it. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't think it requires you having an open mind. I think, I think you can, um, with the open mind though, comes the ability to uh, not dismiss it. And then, yes, yes, you know, you don't, you're not going to dismiss something as, oh, that's just crazy. If you have a closed mind and you get smacked in the face, sometimes you're just like, ah, eh, I don't, you know, because a lot of, because there's a lot of closed mind people, I think that, that see Bigfoot or something like that. And they're the ones that are saying, well, I saw this bear on two legs, um, running across the field. You know, and there, that sounds more ridiculous than saying I saw Bigfoot. Yeah, and there's, you know, there's that famous bear in New Jersey that walks on its hind legs a lot. That there's video of it, mm-hmm. and but they can't run that 
fast or that far on their hind legs. I mean, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and not look funny doing it. Yeah, and you can tell. I mean, yeah, I don't know. There's, I mean, I, I mistook a moose one time for a bigfoot, but it was standing face to face with me. So like, it, it was just it was just a front end, and it was behind some some bushes. And I was like, at, at first, I thought it was a bigfoot for sure. I'm like, oh crap, it's a bigfoot right there. And then I looked at it more because you know it was still a little it was still a little um dark, and it was just getting light. And then I'm like, oh, it's a moose. <laughs> <laughs> And I think uh, I think I'd rather run into a Bigfoot than a moose, from what I've heard. So. Yes, moose are cranky. <laughs> yes, they are. Elk sometimes are cranky too, which is pretty funny. <laughs> well, John, I look. We'll we'll make we'll put it on the schedule. We'll have you guys back for a Halloween edition, and we'll tell some, we'll hear, some, hear some ghost stories because I yes. I uh, I uh, I love to hear that stuff. I love it. So. Yeah, you know, it's been. It's been, you know, it was good to get that, you know, investigation and, you know, um, getting some, you know, re- you know, recordings and, yeah, it was good. It was at a time when I really needed it, so no, it was good. Yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to, uh, to hearing it. So, yeah, but, uh, but uh, thanks for, uh, thanks for um, spending a little bit of time with, uh, with me. And I'm sure all our listeners will love it. And yeah, make sure it. tell your wife. I hope she. Uh, Hope she heals up. Yeah, oh, for sure. Thank you so much. I'll I'll tell her. (laughs) All right. Hey, thank you so much. Thanks, Shane. I appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. (laughs) Ha 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 Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, 
We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.